Hi, everyone. This is Jack Cole, your host of Everyday Reframe. This being our third podcast, I wanted to highlight a gentleman by the name of Brett Bullock. We speak with Brett, who is a sixth-generation farmer and co-founder of Screamin' Hill Brewery, which is located in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, not far from where I live here in central New Jersey. Brett's commitment to carrying on the tradition and heritage of farming through reframing what he and his family produce is a story not only of preservation, viability, and a love for what he does. If you're lucky enough to get a chance to get out to New Jersey, I highly recommend going out here. Uh, Not only is the beer top quality, but the people and the atmosphere is second to none. This is a podcast I recorded some months ago, but I definitely think it's worth listening to, and Brett is just a really great guy. Uh, He has two other founders by the name of Ryan and Greg, who I poke fun at a little bit, but it's uh, it's a really great story and uh, some really great beer. So enjoy. Okay, I'm here with Brett Bullock, one of the founders of Screamin' Hill Brewery. Before I introduce Brett, I just want to tell you a little bit about Screamin' Hill Brewery. Screamin' Hill Brewery was started by three friends. Brett uh, is his other two partners, Ryan and Greg, who we'll get into in a little bit. They had a common bond in appreciating the values of hard work, simplicity, and quality. Screamin' Hill truly prides itself on crafting beers that they can both be proud of and enjoy. Brett, welcome to uh, the podcast. Jack, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Great. Thanks. So, Brett, we'll just start off by maybe telling us a little bit about yourself and your co-founders. Yeah. So, um, uh, like Jack said, my name is Brett. I'm one of the co-founders of Screamin' Hill. Um, Screamin' Hill is located on my family's farm. Uh, My family purchased this farm in in Cream Ridge. It's a 100-acre farm. My family bought it in 1860. Uh, which makes me a sixth generation farmer on the farm. So I uh, work on the farm with my uh, father and my mother and aunt and uncle. Um, and uh, um, my uh, partners and I started the brewery uh, four years ago. We started brewing in April of 2015. And uh, we've just been continuing to, to grow the business ever since. That's great. Yeah, Brett, I, I think uh, I first, I, I live not that far from here. And uh, I first came to know you just about about three and a half years ago and just was really enamored right from the start with uh you, you know with your setup and um you know just really coming across as really genuine and and about making great beers that you can be proud of and i'm just curious you know in that time in just about four years what what key learnings or experiences have you kind of gathered over that time i mean there's been a a, a lot of learning curves for us i mean we're the only farm brewery in New Jersey and, and one of the few that actually grows a lot of our own ingredients on the farm. Um, so there's, there's been a lot of learning curves with that, uh, trying to figure out how to produce the ingredients we need to make quality beer and, um, and, and get that process to work all the way from agricultural production all the way through to finished beer has been a, a really big learning curve. Um, you know, just, and also, you know, we started the business as somewhat of a hobby, um, you know, we, we thought it was going to be something we could do on nights and weekends uh, and quickly realized that it was going to require a lot more time. Um, and so it, it sort of transitioned from a hobby into a, into a business. So, you know, that transition, um, as far as the business and our lifestyle was concerned, was, was a big challenge. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, there's in the past, I guess, about 20 years, I'm a, a, a fan of craft beer. I've never actually crafted uh, my own beer. I, I can barely cook. <laughs> um, 
But it, you know, it sounds like you and your your partners have been doing had been doing it prior to that, uh, you know, as a hobby, as you mentioned. And I'm wondering, you know, with the explosion of the craft brewing industry, um, you know, what kind of like thoughts or you know, um, uh, where did you come from? Where you thought, you know, we're going to create something different or something new, particularly around the homegrown idea um, that is distinct from you know the hundreds and almost thousands of brewers that are out there uh, today. Yeah, I, I mean, we so we had been homebrewing together for probably ten or twelve years before we actually decided to go forward with the brewery idea. Um, and we'd always kicked around the idea of opening a brewery. Um, I, for me personally, what really made me want to move forward with it was I, I had recently come back to work on the family farm. Um, and we thought about combining this brewery idea with the farm and growing the ingredients and sort of making that connection between agriculture and beer, um, you know, which I think is lost on, on a lot of people, it, same way it's lost on a lot of people just between agriculture and food. Um, so th that idea of being able to combine those two things, um, because they really are, you know, very much um, joined. I mean, you can't have one without the other. Um, so I, that, that combination of, of farming and beer is what really made, made me want to go forward with it um, and, and go from just being a home brewer to a, to a commercial brewery. Um, and, uh, you know, we all just love the idea of combining this farm idea with the brewery and sort of bringing it back to where it started out. Yeah. No, that's great. And, you know, as I was, uh, before we actually got on mic here, I was kind of talking about it. I, I'm just starting out this podcast myself. And, you know, I think about a lot of the kind of similarities around the fact that, you know, podcasting has kind of exploded. At first, it was just a, a few select people that uh, that were doing it, and it felt like you know it, was, it wasn't accessible by all. Um, I think that there's some similarities in in the brewing business, where uh, it, you know, f uh, not that long ago, there was really only three brewers in the country, right? And and anything that was exotic had to be you know brought in you know from uh, as an import. Now it feels like everybody's a brewer. Everybody you know, there's there's different breweries popping up all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think. You know, a past conversation that we've had was when you first started almost four years ago, there was, a, I, I can't remember how many breweries existed, craft breweries existed just in New Jersey, and then that really exploded. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, yeah, so I think we were the 28th brewery or something in there in, in the state of New Jersey. Uh, and like you said, for a long time, there was just the big macro breweries. Um, you know, Prohibition did a pretty good job of knocking out most <laughs> of the breweries yeah. quite a while ago. And then, uh, you know, the big guys kind of just ruled for a long time. Um, but, you know, it's just I, I think the um, the public's interest in, in local and, and quality crafted stuff has sort of helped to um, kind of grow this craft beer industry because everybody's, you know, s seems to be a little more interested in, in where things come from and locally crafted things and, you know, uh, sort of artisanal kinds of products, whether it be beer or, you know, crafts or clothes or anything. I think people are just really into that right now. So it's a great time for craft beer because it's, you know, it's, it's local, you know, you're going to your local brewery and especially for us, we're actually growing the ingredients and, you know, everything's really local. We try to use as much stuff that comes from the farm as, as we possibly can. Um, and I think, you know, in, in New Jersey, there's just such a huge population of people. Um, we have access to so many customers. I, I think that, I think it's going to continue to grow. I think there's a lot of opportunity in New Jersey for it. Um, and you know, it's built up so much around it. You know, there's malt houses opening up based around the, the, the brewery boom. There's, you know, there's so many, there's equipment manufacturers coming out and it's, you know, it, it, eventually it's going to, 
it's going to plateau and start to taper off. But I think New Jersey is, we're a little bit behind a lot of other parts of the country as far as how many breweries there are per capita. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's going to continue to grow for, for a certain period of time, I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know, the, the beauty of the reason why I wanted to speak with you today, aside from the fact that I'm able to get free beer while I talk to you, <laughs> <laughs> which again goes back to a little bit that I was mentioning to Brett, was my whole vision for the podcast is really to kind of have a conversation like this, not too dissimilar from what I you know, grew up, I won't say at what age, but you know, sitting by the bar having a conversation with people. Um, so you know, I, th- I think that's really great. And the, the other thing is you know, the, the topic of this, this podcast being you know, the idea of reframe, um, you know, the, the, the reframing of the industry um, really kind of worked really well with who you are, uh, you know, again, from watching from afar, but uh, who you are, what your values are about, um, it kind of hit this nexus point where, as you mentioned, homegrown, locally grown, you know, uh, um, you know artisanal, all those things kind of seem you know, from, a, from, I guess, a bystander's perspective, sometimes trendy. Um, but we, in my experience, in both experiencing the beer, being, uh, being here actually at the beautiful uh, Bullock Farm, and then also uh, interacting with uh, you and your partners, uh, I have to, we talked about make, making sure that we mentioned Greg's name <laughs> three times. So I think this is the second, second time, time, right? Yeah, and Ryan, uh, who also bears the same last name as Cole, which I have a funny <laughs> anecdote I want to share with you on that. Um, just, you know, it really kind of, what, what you're delivering is really true and genuine, which I think, you know, from a reframe perspective, you're bringing something that is new and different. Even though there's a lot of craft breweries, as you mentioned, that have kind of exploded on the scene over the past few years, what you're bringing is really truly unique and, and genuine to you and what, what you embody, or at least from my perspective. Yeah, I, try, I mean, we try to convey that. And um, I mean, that's sort of, you know, that's always been our goal, like I said, to, to make this... Um, to, to, to sort of get our customers to be able to make that connection between the importance of agriculture and, and what they're drinking and the fact that, you know, it, it can be, it can come from one local place um, for the most part. I mean, we do source some outside stuff, but, um, you know, our goal is to do as much as we possibly can um, off the farm and, and still be able to do it, you know, well. You know, we're not just sourcing for things from the farm just to say that we source them from the farm that the quality still has to be there so it's nice to be able to show that you know you can grow the stuff um and and process it and, and make beer out of it and still have it be a quality product and and actually a, you know something that we're really proud of um it, it's been an awesome journey to and and to be able to see people sitting outside drinking our beer and they're surrounded by fields of barley that is going to go into next year's beer uh, and just to sort of see the wheels turning in their head and see them make that connection is a really cool thing yeah uh, it's it's really exciting it really is I, I again you know being a patron here um, you know it's been, it's really a great atmosphere uh, not only can you come here and uh, see the barley fields but you can also get a Christmas tree uh, yeah. you know at the, you know, later in the year um, so it's, it's just an amazing thing uh, Brett I want to kind of move move along here and there's a topic that we talk about a lot you know just as um, you know as a creative person which I truly do think you are uh, you, you know even though you're you would probably maybe label yourself first as a farmer and a craft brewer uh, but you're you're really a creative artisan um, in a in a not uh, kind of trendy hipster sense <laughs> but in the you know, kind of the real kind of real sense and I wanted to kind of ask you uh, you know describe what uh, for you like what your best self would be uh, what you feel like when you're operating on all cylinders that can be for either for yourself or for your partners or for Screaming Hill in general. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. For me personally, I, after starting this brewery and and you know being involved on the family farm, um, when I can sort of meld the two together 
um, and, and, and really be a part of the entire process. Like I just get a really, um, amazing sense of uh, satisfaction when I can sort of see everything come together and, and be a part of the, the farming end of it and the brewing end of it and the sales end and just the whole, uh, sort of combination of both things for me personally, um, is really uh, satisfying just yeah. being able to see that whole process from start to finish um, and it does feel creative I mean I've always said one of the coolest things about brewing is it's just such a combination of like uh, science and, and art you know because yeah. there's so much science behind it and you have to have that creative artistic part um, so the combination of just that alone is really uh, gratifying but then adding in the um, agronomic aspect of, of being able to produce the grains and stuff. And when things actually work uh, and things actually, when I feel like we're firing on all cylinders, you know, on the farm and the brewery, um, you know, between a farm and a brewery, there's just a million things always going wrong. So sure. on those little, <laughs> those little snippets of time when everything seems to be firing on all cylinders, that's like the, you know, the, the, the best, uh, when I, when I really feel like we're just killing it, you know, when everything just seems to be working, you know, nothing has broken down, everything's just firing. It's, it's, it's rare, but you know, yeah. on occasion, everything seems to be going wrong. Cause it seems like with a owning a farm and all the equipment and a brewery and all the equipment, there's just always things going wrong and breaking and needing repair. And I think we've had four repair people here in the, in the past four days between the farm and the brewery, just from things, you know, breaking and needing repair. And, um, so I, I, for me, from from a production aspect both agronomically and 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 brewing wise you know when things just work well it's such a sense of <laughs> yeah. just all that it's yeah, it, oh my god it actually happened <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time right but uh, no. but when it does it's an amazing thing you know a couple of things that jump out at me number one i i was just mentioning to my daughter who's in sixth grade the other day um you know the the idea that uh this concept of steam and stem and you know the, what they're teaching in school the fact that they they're intermingling these different disciplines together I'm just I'm partly jealous and also proud that uh, our kids are able to kind of start to you know be exposed to this and think about things not as just separate hats or separate subjects but you know kind of the intermingling which is essentially what you guys are about right mm -hmm. and then the other thing is something that we talk about all the time who, whether I'm interviewing somebody for a job or uh, you know just trying to kind of assess who uh, who would be a right fit for uh, for us to work with is the concept of dealing with ambiguity and for you there's a lot of variables uh, I'm going to use another term there variables or ambiguity that you have to deal with on a daily basis in order to just get to a level of acceptable uh, you know <laughs> yeah. quality right yeah um, you know when you hit on all cylinders that's an amazing thing yeah. but your, your goal is to just kind of hit this you know this uh, this mark right yeah. of, of quality mm -hmm. which is a skill that um, that I think you know obviously you you learned growing up and then you know going through your schooling and we were mentioning about you know going to University of Vermont and uh, you know I just uh, it's just an amazing thing I, I again watching from afar is not a brewer um, you know the, the the craftsmanship and the the attention to detail that you bring to this is really an amazing thing thank you appreciate that yeah, my pleasure um, so we're gonna move on to the topic of challenges and as you just alluded to, there's there's probably more challenges than you can we have time for today, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but if I press you for for one that might be uh, a a good good one to kind of like open up to the audience to uh, what was that challenge, and then you know how did you come up with ideas and solutions that uh, that kind of addressed it? 
Man, I, whenever people ask about challenge, I mean, I think back to when we were um, starting the business, I feel like everybody hits roadblocks when they're starting a business or have a construction project. And then our big one was our, our wastewater management. Breweries produce a lot of wastewater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you, you can't put it into a septic system. Most breweries are on city water and their water goes to a wastewater treatment plant uh, and they're able to handle that uh, wastewater load. Being that we're rural, we have a septic system, we don't have city water or anything, uh, we had to figure out a different way to handle our, our wastewater. So uh, we do what every dairy farm and lots of food processing facilities do, which is we uh, collect our wastewater into a uh, holding tank, uh, the solids settle out, we take the liquids out and land apply it, use it as just basically irrigation water. Right. It's a very, very uh, mild uh, fertilizer for the crops. Um, and so that's how we handle all of our wastewater. So we're, we're, we're really kind of a zero waste, you know, we, we produce a little bit of garbage, but we recycle all of our wastewater and all of our, uh, solids from the production process. So, but that process, um, didn't, there's really no history of that being done with a brewery in New Jersey. So we had a really hard time getting approvals for that, even though it wow. seems like a very, um, logical thing to do with wastewater. Uh, it took about eight months of, of fighting with uh, the state and governing bodies to get that approved. Um, and that was a huge hurdle in getting this done. We almost didn't, it almost didn't happen just because they wouldn't let us handle our wastewater that way. So we had to get a lot of people involved. The New Jersey um, Department of Agriculture was writing letters in support of what we wow. wanted to do. And we had to get a lot of people involved. Rutgers extension agents were, were writing nutrient management plans with how we were gonna treat this stuff. And um, you know, it's, it's very easily done and, and it works great for us. But that was a huge challenge that we had really early on um, that made us just, it was a really frustrating eight month period where we thought we had wasted a lot of time and money and we're never gonna get this done. Um, but, uh, you know, with the help of a lot of people like the New Jersey Department of Agriculture and uh, uh, Bill Bamkett, the Rutgers uh, Extension Agency helped a ton, um, you know, we were able to, uh, to make it work. And, uh, and now that, you know, they've come back to us and asked us how it's worked and sort of used that as, a, as parameters as to how to, yeah. you know, treat things going forward. Um, so we plan to keep doing it. We're, we're sort of making that system work better and better all the time. Um, but that I, whenever I think of a challenge, that was our biggest one. And it was before we even really got started. Uh, that's, so. that's amazing. I, I mean, I mean, there's so many things that I can kind of point out here just re around, uh, resourcefulness, you know, trying to find the right people. We talk a lot when I run, run workshops for clients, uh, when we get to the end of a, a workshop where we're, we've kind of come up with as many ideas as possible, everybody kind of feels good about themselves. Um, they end up saying, okay, this is great, but where do we go from here? And we talk about allies and ammo, um, not, not, nothing part of the NRA or anything like that, <laughs> but trying to kind of identify, like, where do we take these ideas? Like, where do we take this stuff and now actually start to make it, you know, put it into action? And it sounds like, you know, just, just by, you know, sheer grit and determination, you were able to kind of put, you know, put some feelers out, um, you, you know, and, and really find different avenues to make it happen and the outcome you got ahead of me on my bullet points but <laughs> but I think it was a natural thing around you know what was the impact and you know how did you you know see it leading to that um, the the impact and the outcome is number one that you were actually able to get started right and then yeah. number two uh, you know now that you've proven it's successful now you are the kind of the standard bearer for for how this is done going forward which is an amazing thing you are now kind of a leader in the space which is yeah something. and it's and it's made us really sustainable too I mean we're really producing very little waste with yeah. beer we're 
I always tell people when we give tours in the brewery, like we're we're literally growing the majority of the ingredients on the farm, yeah. making beer, you're drinking it, and then it's just going right back into the ground. Yeah, and, and it's, I think that the one thing that's it's easy to kind of overlook, you know, it's easy to say homegrown, it's easy to say, oh, I'm starting a brewery, but the, the amount of work and determination that you and, and Ryan and Greg, I've mentioned his name again, was that second, the third, <laughs> third, you know, third time, um, you know, is really, uh, you know, just super commendable and just a, a highlight to the fact that, you know, if you have an idea, um, it's, it's, it's great to have the ideas, but to kind of have the follow-through, the determination to kind of get to execution to actually have something that's drinkable that people actually enjoy is uh, really commendable and, and something that, you, you know, you can do, but you have to really commit to it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's a big commitment. Uh, we're, we're, we're just, we're always amazed by it. It yeah. just seems, it still seems crazy that it's, that it's happening. It's been such a, like a crazy whirlwind of a ride yeah it's awesome no the other the other uh use of the runoff water um i believe i heard was that you know greg also uses that for like to shower <laughs> yes, yes he does yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah Sorry, just, he doesn't smell very good yeah yeah <laughs> so you know the, the big bald guy um you know just say hello to him he's friendly but don't get too close okay <laughs> all right so moving on I'm, I'm a comedian on the weekends so <laughs> Uh, the, the last thing you know, I wanted to really get into is motivators in your life. So at Motivate Design, we call ourselves motivators, and the reason for that is that we come in and really try to uh, help uh, other people you know, see opportunities and then you know, take them to the, uh, work with them to take them to the next level. Mm -hmm. So I, I ask you, Brett, um, you know, who are the motivators in your life or what? You know, so this could be either a person or place or event. Um, it can be personal, it could be you know, business related, but you know, what's the, what are the drivers that kind of you know, pushed you to this point and, and continue, help you continue forward? I think for me, it's just kind of, um, you know, I always relate things back to the farm. It, you know, it's where I grew up here. It's always been a part of my family. It's kind of like the central, thing for all of my aunts and uncles and cousins i feel like this is like our you know our meeting place and and the farm's been in my family since 1860 so it's uh you know we have a long history here so i feel like my family's history and and uh just my family in general has sort of been my motivator like you know being the the one who's still on the farm um and hoping to carry the farm on and you know um sort of, it, you know, it feels, it's very personal to me, the whole farm and now the brewery because it's a part of the farm. Um, so I, I think for me, it's, it's my family and, and our history here, you know, that heritage is really what um, sort of drives me. It gets me excited, you know. I never feel like I'm going to work when I get up in the morning. I, I just feel like I'm going to the farm. Well, you, know? well, and it's, you, you it's literally a, live, what, 200 yards away? So well, No, now, well, now I live an hour away oh, because okay. it's, right. yeah, now I, my family lives here, but yes. I live an hour away. Got so it. okay. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a haul, but, um, you know, I think that, you know, that, uh, connection to the land and to this area is kind of, you know, my motivator for everything. Um, cause I, it, you know, it makes it very personal when your name's hanging on the sign down at Absolutely. the end of the road, you know, there's a screaming hill sign, but there's also a Bullock farm sign. Um, so, you know, everything that happens, I feel like is a reflection of our family and there's a lot of us in the area. So, it, you know, I, I try to, you know, we try to try to make things, uh, end up that would make everybody happy yeah. you know that that everybody's uh pleased with what's going on on the family farm so that's a big motor motivator for me just trying yeah. to trying to keep things you know in a positive light and and, sure. and going forward and always progressing that's I, I always think that the reason our family is still here after so many years is because my family has always just changed what they've done. They've done so many different things on the farm. It's changed, you know, so many times we used to grow cranberries, potatoes, tomatoes, just whatever was, you know, whatever you had to do to stay 
to stay viable and stay in business, that's what they did. So that's, that's, that's the reason that we're still here. So, you know, we're always just trying to find what's next and figure out what, uh, you know, what can we do to, to, you know, to keep what we have and keep, yeah. keep growing. Yeah. It's funny, you know, the idea of, uh, the term pivot in, in business is mm -hmm. used quite a lot, uh, yeah. but you wouldn't necessarily equate that to farming or brewing. And, uh, you know, it, it feels like you guys are the living embodiment of that. You're, you and your family over, over many generations have pivoted based on need and you know, where the opportunities were, right? Yeah, and I think the brewery is kind of a pivot, but an unintentional pivot. I sure. mean, like I said, we just started this because we thought it would be fun and we, yeah. we thought it was going to be a good hobby. You know, we didn't have kids at the time. We had a lot more free time. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it became a huge, it's become a huge part of the farm and it's a, it's a big, it's a big part of the farm and it brings a lot of people to the farm for all of our other stuff. So, you know, it's, it was kind of unintentional, but it's, uh, it's worked out fantastic. Yeah. I, I will say in terms of bringing people to the farm, uh, the fall fest that you guys <laughs> yeah. hold is, uh, just super great. Uh, it, you know, whether you have kids or otherwise, it's just a really great day. Um, you know, weather, weather aside, yeah. um, but you know, just coming in here and just experiencing everything that that Bullock Farms has to offer, as well as Screaming Hill, um, it's just something that I think uh, your entire family should be proud of, uh, which I'm sure you are. Uh, so yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. So uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you about, and then we can wrap up because uh, it's a Friday and Brett has lots of patrons that are waiting to get here <laughs> not that long from now, um, is just what's your definition of the term reframe? We've talked quite a bit about different things, and I, I was just curious, uh, you know, how, how would you determine that? I, I think for me, the, uh, a reframe would be, you know, for what we're doing right now, we're trying to reframe people's perceptions of uh, brewery and where things come from and like I've, like I keep saying that like that connection between the land and 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 beer uh, or food in general just you know reframing people's minds to think that um, you know without farms you don't really have much yeah. at all and I, I, I to me you know it's a selfish interpretation of reframe because that's how I see everything but you know without farms you don't have food you don't have beer you don't really have that much so you know where we live we're surrounded by farms People don't think of New Jersey for farmland, but I was going to point that out. Yeah, you know, pe so. people don't see that. Yeah. But we're surrounded by farms. I mean, we're a 170-acre farm, and we're surrounded by protected farmland. It'll always be farmland. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of it here, and it's uh, I don't know. I, I think it's it's just really important that people recognize um, that without this, you know, they don't have those local products yeah and and somewhere between new york and philadelphia is ex almost it, it, almost in the middle is screaming hill it's yeah. kind of the the heart of it and i i will say living not that far from here it is a beautiful area of farmland that um it's just it's just a, a great thing that uh, brett and his family and his partners brett and uh, i'm sorry um greg and ryan I, you know, <laughs> I, don't forget ryan and uh you know, they've just really built a really great atmosphere here to enjoy not only uh, good beer but a great atmosphere so thank you for that yeah thank um, you so brett just in closing where can we find you uh so we're open at the farm on fridays three to eight saturdays one to six uh, we stop pouring pints a half hour before we close, and then we're on tap at, um, I don't know, roughly 25 places, basically in central Jersey, between Princeton and the Jersey Shore, um, at a really good mix of uh, bars and restaurants. Um, you can go to our website, ScreamingHill.com, and see the uh, list of places that we're on tap at, um, so really great restaurants in the area. 
Um, and you can always just come to the farm and see us. We're hoping to open Sundays starting sometime soon, yep. but no, no definite word on that yet. Right. And then in terms of uh, web-wise or social media, Instagram, Facebook? Everything is Screaming Hill. Yes. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is Screaming Hill. ScreamingHill.com is the website. And uh, yeah. Yep. So I'm going to close on just my final anecdote, which I don't know if you're aware of. But so uh, I've, I've done a couple small design projects, mostly just so I can get free beer. Uh, it's also <laughs> maybe part of the reason why I'm here today is just so I can get a free beer. But uh, so I had done a T-shirt and then, uh, you know, Brett and his, his partners are constantly making new beers. I, I'm literally tasting one of the new ones right now, uh, which is called the Back Road Rambler. Back Road Rambler, which, again, you know, their names are really awesome. Um, so they had come out with a beer called uh, Kolsch, yes. right? So one of the partners, Ryan, his last name is Cole, C-O-L-E, same as mine. Same thing. And yeah. I had just done the t-shirt design, and I said, these guys are even better than I thought. They <laughs> named a beer after me, Jack Cole. Here, not realizing that Ryan, who I'd known for a while, his last name was also Cole. So uh, I'm going to own that uh, and say that Kolsch That's is awesome. shared by Ryan and myself. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but again, thank you so much for your time and uh, you know to Greg and Ryan. Uh, Greg was like five times I've mentioned five, him now. Yeah. Okay. He uh, just uh, anecdote. He's sitting outside. He was too shy to come in and talk. So uh, we're just really going to call him out on that as much as possible. So. Thanks again, uh, uh, Brett, and uh, best of luck to uh, future endeavors. Jack, thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. So that's Brett Bullock. As advertised, I think he's a really great guy, and he and his partners are doing some really great work carrying on not only a tradition of farming, but also brewing beer that is new and interesting, all with the ingredients coming straight from the farm. In the months since we recorded this, they and the team are about to break ground on a new facility, which is aimed at not only being able to house more people to come and enjoy the wonderful atmosphere and beers that are there, but also gives them an opportunity to create new and interesting beers with all the ingredients being grown and harvested right there. So until next week, I really want to thank everyone for listening, and I encourage everyone to be open to what you encounter in the world and to unlock the potential in yourselves and in others. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.